Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, we may have suggested on this podcast over the last couple of days that this World Cup group stage was petering out to a drab finish. The top four spots sewn up with the best part of three weeks still to play. Well, you can scrap that. This group stage is alive and kicking. Uh, For that, we have Sri Lanka to thank. Lasith Malinga rolling back the years to inspire his side to a sensational 21 win over England at Headingley and leave the host qualification for the semi-finals anything but assured. Ben Stokes, left stranded on 82, will be fuming with his teammates who lost their head when the pressure was on. All out for 212 in pursuit of 233. It was the lowest total England have failed to chase in more than five years. And what of Sri Lanka? Written off before the start of the tournament, taking the headlines for their complaints off the field rather than their performances on it, they now find themselves in fifth spot in the table, just one point outside of the semi-final places. Could they be the surprise teams upset the so-called Big Four? Welcome to the Wisden Cricket Daily Podcast, in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. I'm your host, Joe Harmon. After a couple of well-deserved days off, I'm delighted to welcome back Phil Walker. <laughs> Phil, you saw that one coming, didn't you? <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing on the back of that, Joe. Uh, I'm, I'm still a little breathless. Uh, did I see it coming? No. Uh, did I raise my eyebrow when I saw the odds for Sri Lanka this morning? Yes, I did a little bit. And throughout, watching Crickviz's dial, it was still massively in favour of England until until suddenly they lost what, four wickets in about 10 minutes and and then it became this kind of unstoppable uh, momentum towards a, a, a staggering climax as you say Lassith Malinga drove it home uh, England stumbled and 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 kind of were, were unable to get their heads right I think you yeah. know if we're talking long term if we're talking what it says about their chances in this world cup we can come to the permutations sure but what it says about them i think psychologically is is slightly alarming it didn't look like they there was the swagger that they've talked of 
there was more like there was lead in their shoes, you know, and, and, and there was some injudicious shots. Yeah. Which is one way of putting it. I imagine Ben Stokes at the moment is putting it in a very different way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also for his first appearance on the show, and what a day to make it, the warmest <laughs> of warm welcomes to uh, Indian journalist Manoj Narayan, who I reckon might have been to more games at this World Cup than anyone else out there. Is, is, that, is that a decent shout? Do you well, think? but I think I missed the best one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have. Well, you watched it from our office at the Oval, which but, is not yeah, the worst not place, place to watch a good game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Manoj. My pleasure, um, We're going to start with your moment of the day. What, what stood out for you in that? Um, uh, remarkable um, match. Well, there was a lot to choose from, but I think um, Moeen Ali's dismissal hmm. uh, came at a horrible time for England. Um, I think he'd got his eye in. He was he had faced about 17 balls till that point. He had hit De Silva for a glorious six. And then he goes after another one, you know, heart full of, you know, pumping with blood. And, and no, you don't do that when you have five down, I think, at that point. And you have a well-set Ben Stokes at the other end. And th- that triggered the collapse. That's where England lost their way, you could say. It yeah. Looked, it looked that way, didn't it? And, yeah. and Moen does have a bit of form yeah. on this it's not the yeah. first time we've seen him yeah. it's also we saw England fail in that chase against Pakistan at that point yeah. I remember Phil you saying Moen's not a man that you back really in that pressurised situation to see England home and we, we saw the latest example of of that today we did and we also saw it against Australia in the warm-up game down at Southampton as well so there's now three examples in the last six games of cricket where Moen has been in that that position where you twist or stick a slow heartbeat cricketer in there at number seven, which is an important position in, in an ODI side, especially when you're chasing, uh, would have got that job done. Moeen was brain dead today, I'm afraid. You know, Manoj rightly recognises it. That was the clincher. That was the, the pivotal moment, really, in England's chase. And they, yeah, he connected across, you know, to land one across mid-wicket, um, and he, just as he had against Afghanistan when everything was rosy and cool. But to try it again with two men back and Stokes set was was lamentable really mm. and I'm afraid all this talk of freedom so I think has a tendency to garble people's minds and and this was this was a this was an erratic chase psychologically this was an erratic chase I think by England uh, and they are caught between between being shackled and being free where what you, what you need to find is somewhere in between you just need you just need some old world smart so you just point, need to, to get the job done and at that point the run rate was not particularly tricky had Ben Stokes at the other end batting nicely who'd started slowly but was really getting into his stride um, it was it started like such a good day for Moen his 100th ODI cap apparently had a, yeah. a, well, a message from Stephen Gerrard Liverpool cap, former Liverpool captain oh, he's I a massive massive Liverpool fan Owen Morgan said at the, the toss he's absolutely buzzing for today yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, you, looking at Twitter at that point, he is the man who's going to get the blame for this defeat, which is perhaps, he's not the only man to, to <laughs> at the, blame. At three o'clock, not. Stephen Gerrard was your moment of the day, wasn't it? <laughs> when everything was rosy <laughs> at was. three o'clock today. He was, he was. Events have rather overtaken us. <laughs> the thing is, uh, with Moeen, I've seen him during the IPL. I haven't really seen him play too much, too many international. But in the IPL, he can, uh, there are some pressure situations in which RCB found themselves in, and, and he did come through them with some glorious hits. But I don't know, maybe international cricket is... A whole other level? Is that why he well, it's, sort of... Well, it's odd because he played an unbelievable test innings at Headingley yeah. against Sri Lanka um, in what year are we talking now? 2014. 2014? Yeah. I think. Yeah. And he's never kind of batted with that coolness ever again for, for England. He's batted unbelievably well for England. He's batted in a, in a yeah. way that excites us, but he's never batted with that kind of 
calm-headedness that really was what today requires. You, you are right. With that innings, which you're right, he's never replicated it since. But with that innings, there was only one way to play it. There was yeah. a very clear, defined role. You've got to bat the day out and yeah. no one else is doing it. The problem with where England are at as a chasing pack at the moment is that there are different ways to get the job done. But they've convinced themselves that untrammeled, unbridled freedom on, on, of expression is always the way to go. Well, it's not. And mm. the World Cup keeps telling us this. Coley said three weeks ago, a week before the tournament started, he said that all this talk about who's going to break the 500 barrier, who's going who's to rack up 400, 350. He said the longer the tournament goes on, the lower the scores will become as the pressure begins to tell. And he's absolutely right. This is what we saw today. We saw... All of the theoreticals that surround the England side, what happens if he gets injured or what happens if, if he's a bit out of form or if they lose the number two or, or whatever it might be. What you saw today was all, this, all these theoreticals becoming real. Mm. You're in the guts of the tournament. You've already had one defeat against Pakistan that no one saw coming. Now you're suddenly faced with, with the possibility of another one knowing that you've got the big three to come, New Zealand, India, Australia. And what you saw was alarming, I think, for England fans today. Um, I'm wary of focusing. We'll come to where this come back to where this leaves England now, because obviously that it's now not quite as anywhere near as assured as we might have thought. Um, but I'm wary of this being too much about England and not enough about Sri Lanka, who sure. pulled off an unbelievable win that that really no one saw coming. Phil, your moment of the day, I think, was was well, well it was sh- just, from Sri Lanka. It was just that over, yeah. It was just that over by Dananjaya, the the, the off spinner, Dananjaya de Silva, uh, who's a canny little off spinner, and he took two in the over. He got Wokes out caught behind Kusil Pereira is kind of like a fill-in keeper really but he took an excellent court behind off quite a thick edge from Wokes and then two balls later Adil Rashid exactly the same thing happened and it was a brilliant bit of wicket keeping by Kusel, I think. The, the deliveries themselves were innocuous. They were slightly short of a length. They weren't really turning. If anything that was the reason why they might have, mm. might have edged it but when push came to shove Sri Lanka having shown no evidence in recent weeks that they can win the big moments they won them all today and that was the moment that was the moment where suddenly this thing that looked like a like like a a heroic defeat uh, showing a bit of spirit and all that stuff it suddenly became very real that they could actually go ahead and win that one and that was the over really following soon after what happened with Moeen uh, that clinched it and it was a it was some fielding brilliance I think on um on Dan and Jaya uh, before today he had 17 wickets and 36 ODIs in that spell he took three and nine balls right. uh, which kind of goes to show the absurdity of, of what happened today and the absurdity of the game as well you know and we've been crying out for a game like this haven't we we've been crying yeah. out for, a, for one of cricket's little moments uh, where it turns everything on its head and we were hoping that it was going to happen yesterday and hoping it was going to happen the day before. But of course, England being England, it happens right here and now. Uh, my moment of the day was um, another highlight from Sri Lanka, which it seems like a long, long time ago now, actually. But was that innings from Avishka Fernando, the yeah. 21-year-old yeah. batting at number three. And in particular, one outrageous shot he played off Joffre Archer, where he, he leant back, rolled his wrists and just deposited him into the stands, yeah. almost out of the ground, in yeah. fact. Uh, it was an astonishing shot and one of a few that he played. He hit two sixes as well. Yeah, two, two and Arch has not had too much tap in this, in this mm. tournament. And without that cameo, I mean, he came to the crease, at, uh, well, he was, he was there at three for two. Uh, without that cameo of 49 from 37 balls, I think it was, Sri Lanka aren't winning that game. Yeah. They needed something at that point to turn the tide. They couldn't just block, they couldn't just block yeah. because they'd have been all out for 150. Yeah. They needed someone to take the initiative and to see a 21-year-old who's barely played a game before 
to do that was incredible. He's got an interesting backstory as well, and that he he made his ODI debut in 2016, so three years ago, which was also his list his list A debut, uh, <sighs> thrown in against Australia, opening the batting against Mitchell Stark, and obviously he was LBW second ball. <laughs> uh, Sri Lanka being Sri Lanka, they dropped him for three years. <laughs> and this was his first game back. This, no, not his, his first, first game back. Game he was he was recalled in the series before the World Cup, so just in, just a kind of couple of months mm-hmm. ago, right? Without much of a score behind him, uh, and then he plays like this in a game like this yeah. and suddenly put Sri Lanka in the mix for a semi-final spot who would have thought that even well, eight hours ago so, so what's the knock-on effect then Manoj uh, this is <coughs> symbolically an important win for Sri Lanka because they've gone through the ringer right in recent yeah. weeks yeah so, but there were signs I thought as in the, the against batting, Australia yeah against yeah, Australia Sal Pereira and, and I think he just blasted his way I think for yeah. a while there Australia were really scared then the old problems returned and they, their middle order sort of collapsed but there were already there were always signs that Sri Lanka could well nobody to be realistic no one thought Sri Lanka could do this but there, there were good patches yeah you know they're, they're in not quite bad aside as people were saying they yeah were. yeah I, have to, I didn't know Malinga still had a spell like that yeah, in him yeah. I thought you could see the odd ball from him but to yeah. have a sustained spell where yeah. he was really those in swinging Yorkers perhaps not quite as quick yeah. as they were once yeah. but they're still yeah. really the really accuracy. hard to, to play. Yeah. and he was getting yeah. movement through the air which we yeah. haven't seen a huge amount of in this tournament yeah. um, and I think that was the kind of not quite the wild card because we've seen it so many times before mm. but that I didn't necessarily think Sri Lanka still had that up their sleeve and, and yeah. it just goes it really revived memories of Sri Lanka in previous yeah. world tournaments where yeah. they might not look like they're in the game and then Malinga yeah. just blows the game yeah. apart and that's yeah. exactly what we saw again today I think yeah it was really heartening forgetting the England element it was really heartening to see and it, it, it did carry echoes of Sri Lanka's heist against India yeah. two years ago in the yeah. Champions, Tro- uh, Champions Trophy, Trophy when they weren't given a sniff and you know they rock up as India's kind of designated sort of the team that they turn over the team that they are there to use as they see fit and 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 they outbatted them and you know Mendes played brilliant knock for 90 odd and they they won that one with an over or so to spare it had it had a kind of giant killing element today but also a, you know pride is an obvious word to use in sport but it, it it did feel like that that there was a kind of there was a force that was driving them through that innings and a kind of belief that was that was emerging minute by minute so by the end of it it felt inevitable well, it, it, there has been obviously a siege mentality within that within that team, and I mentioned it at the top that they're complaining about lack of swimming pools at their team yeah. hotel. They're complaining about pitches being prepared to suit the opposition, and I think a lot of people have been having a bit of a laugh and thinking this is yeah. pathetic. But if it gets you in a position where you think the world's against you and you can produce a performance like that, yeah. does it really matter if what they're saying is is right or not? Whatever works for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever works. And another big player who stepped up from today, who'd had a shocker so far in the in the tournament, was Angelo Matthews. Um, he'd had Duck, duck, nine, I think, leading to this. Looked a little bit disinterested, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just an impression. He but has that vibe, he though, does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, but today, um, started playing effectively what was a, a test innings and then opened up a little bit. Yeah. And that was the bedrock of a, at least a challenging total, wasn't yeah. it? I think Sri Lanka have a system in which they bat. There is the likes of Kusal who will go after the bowling. And, um, you know, as we saw today, Angelo sort of, you know, or Karunaratne. Yeah. You know, they sort of bed down and keep the innings going. So one way or the other, they will have a defendable total on board, like today. I, I think that's um, as that's the complete opposite of what you raised earlier, Phil, about what England do, in which it's unbridled freedom and where you don't know what you get sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think the system works for Sri Lanka. Their batting still needs to improve, but for now it's working for them. And they've got South Africa up next. Now, you couldn't ask for a better game of your Sri Lanka, really. South Africa effectively 
pretty much out of the tournament. Sri Lanka riding high. They're playing South Africa at Chesterley Street. Chesterley Street, Joe. Uh, at Durham. Um, and, I mean, they'll, they'll really fancy their chances in that game now, won't they? Yep, yep. Because South Africa just don't know what to do to get a win. Yeah. They did find something against Afghanistan, but I don't know if that would have done too much to boost their confidence or anything. But, and especially after this win, South Africa will be scared, maybe. So, so what we now have, and they've stumbled upon it, but then you now have two openers who have scored runs. Karuna Ratney and Pereira both scored runs against Australia. Pereira's looked good in particular. Uh, Karuna Ratney carried his bat, of course, in the first week. Yeah. Do you remember that? Years and years ago? <laughs> You've now got uh, Fernando, who's emerged, who you mentioned, played beautifully, 49 in 30-odd balls today. Kusan Mendes, who is a mercurial kind of player, but made 40-odd again today and 30-odd in the previous game. It looks like he is beginning to emerge, re-emerge. Uh, and now, of course, Matthews is in the runs. So they have stumbled upon a top five that has got a few runs behind them now in this tournament, which makes any team a threat. And when you have Malinga, who is so much more than a cult hero and a, and a funny wig, I'm sure it's a wig, has to be a wig, then you, you always have a chance. You, you know, and they've turned over the number one ranked team in the world today and done it fairly and squarely. What they're, lock- what they're lacking is a... Is a- oddly for Sri Lanka, is a really world-class frontline spinner. Mm. As it happens, they don't seem to be so important in this tournament, yeah. at least not yet. I mean, yeah. Adil Rashid's been taking a fair bit of criticism for not being at his best, which he hasn't been. But he's, with seven wickets, only Imran Tahir's taken more among spinners in, in this tournament. Yeah. Spinner's not playing a huge part at this point. No, it's a fast bowlers tournament. Um, <clears throat> and it, it does fly in the face of quite a few predictions beforehand. You know, a lot of, a lot of pundits and punters were saying, you know, highest wicket takers will be wrist spinners. That being the trend of the last few years in ODIs and T20s, well, it hasn't played out like that at all. Do you I think- don't know if that's down to the pitches or maybe just the quality of seam bowling. We've done a lot of work in the magazine, Joe, in recent times about this kind of golden age, really. Of We're pace. blessed with a lot of good seamers at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Do you think it could the spinners could sort of get more from the pitches as the tournament goes on? Because that was, you know... What was said earlier? Yeah, um, you saw it at Old Trafford that it turned the other day because that was a used pitch. But the way that the tournament has been structured is, you know, today's game at Headingley was the first game at Headingley. So I think Mm. at worst, you're going to have a pitch that's used on twice. I don't, you might correct me on that. There might be a third game, but I would imagine that's not the case. You probably have two pitches and you play four games. Uh, So I can't really see it. And, you know, the the business end of the tournament will be at Lords, where spinners don't tend to get an enormous amount of purchase. I think it will play out as it is. I just Mm -hmm. think that the tension will ramp up and I think this is what you saw today I thought it got real for England today well talking of getting real uh, they've got Australia on Tuesday at Lords. then they've got India then they've got New Zealand and they might win might well need to win two of those three to make the semi-finals now the pressure is right let's run through this this table Joe let's let's talk where we're at then tell me where we're at with this table uh, Sri Lanka are now on six points right in in fifth place one point behind India uh, but India have only played four games one three um, with a no result. So now Sri Lanka are effectively two points behind England. So they're, the same they're, one, good win. they're one good win away from, from leapfrogging England then. Well, let's say Sri Lanka beat South Africa, which is very possible. Let's say England lose to Australia, which is very possible. Yeah. Then you go into those those two teams have two games to play their level on points. Now that And England have to play India in their next game. Now, this is all starting to sound a little bit concerning if you're, if you're an England fan or if you produce a magazine uh, which you hope to make some sales of in, in England M- over Morgan, the course of- yeah let, let's, let's cross that horrible bridge when we come to it Joey uh, it, Morgan was 
all right, maybe he was saying what one would expect him to say at the end of the game in his post-match interviews, but he was trying to ram home the point that this is a long tournament, that you have to play everybody uh, and that we absolutely back ourselves. I do still think that that is the case. For what it's worth, I think that they will stagger through. I think they, they, will, they will find a way through to the semi-finals. Me too. I, I think they'll make it but as well. in their darker moments, in their quieter moments over the next couple of days, as they look forward to this game on Tuesday that Morgan has said, this, these are the games you want to play in. <laughs> sure, but you also want to play in them having won six, not won four and lost two. Uh, in their quieter moments, they will, be, they will be twitchy and they will be nervous. And I tell you what, the English-British sporting public, the cricketing public, will be transmitting that ner- those nerves onto, onto the team as well. We spoke before the tournament, Joe, and we kept coming back to it. How many England fans said, oh, we're going to win it? Very few. How many said, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be the best team and then lose in the semi-finals to India? Loads. Loads mm. of people were saying that. Well, what's happened is the anxieties and the neuroses have just come forward. They've just emerged two weeks earlier than we were mm. expecting them to. It's already touch and go with England. Four, four and two from six games, that's significant. Yeah, I think also what today showed us that we, can, we keep projecting to say this is what the t- table is going to look like in... In two weeks, three weeks. Well, this is what it now really on, is. On, like, on yeah. the assumption um, that everyone beats everyone who you're expecting to. Uh, what this and that's to be honest, been pretty much the case in this tournament. What today has shown us is that you, you can't. Check, Australia could easily lose to South Africa, West Indies could go and beat. I mean, India potentially on on their day. I mean, we can't just say every game is going to go as we expected to before the before the start. From from an England point of view as well. I mean, Jason Roy said he was hopeful of coming back for the Australia game him. Tuesday. England need him back badly, don't they? Oh, they really do. Vince really hasn't convinced I haven't really followed him honestly too much before this but what you've seen I've in seen, the last four days is the story it, of James Vince <laughs> so he gets starts and then he just he looks pretty and then he gets out usually uh, caught in the slips driving <laughs> that's pretty much how it how it goes and it's why there's a huge amount of frustration whenever Vince it's, does get out it's too soon to say this but is there any possibility of Hales being Ooh, that kind no, of be, well, <laughs> if Roy was out for the tournament and he's yeah. not, I think he's likely to be back yeah. uh, he's Tuesday. If he was out of the tournament, then it would have been a very interesting moral dilemma for England because yeah. Hales would have rightfully and naturally, on cricketing terms, been the next person to bring back in. Would they have done it? Probably not. As it is, it's a theoretical because cause Roy will be back for Tuesday. If not Tuesday, he'll be back for yeah, probably the Tuesday, game Tuesday, I mean, based on the injury they initially said, Tuesday always felt very early for him to come back. But they, Morgan they, said he didn't know, by the way, at the end. Yeah. Right. I mean, that Roy and Besto partnership has been absolutely key to everything that England do, not only in posting huge totals, but the momentum, the initiative seizing in a game. Uh, and we've seen the last two, uh, even Afghanistan and then today, they've got off to slow starts, the slowest uh, since the Champions Trophy, yeah, with yeah. one exception. This is not the way that England are used to. Yeah. So it does end up putting a bit of pressure on the middle order who haven't who are used to coming out. Joe Root, I spoke to him before the start of the series, he said, it's great. You can, uh, I just come out at, 70 for none after after nine overs or 70 for one after nine overs sorry and the job's already there I can just be 20 off 20 and, and, and that's what that's what the team need um, yeah. but, but now with, with Vince it has been a little bit slower um, obviously Besto getting out first ball today didn't help that said England still looked to be cruising didn't they yeah they were up to a point you know, when Joe's out there, when Joe Root is batting, then all is well with the world. As it was, he was strangled down the leg side. It's the only way they were getting him, wasn't it? I- indeed, yeah. And I'd switched off. I was doing other things when, when Root was 50-odd not out. And not switched was- off the telly, I should no. add. You've- <laughs> no, no, I was vaguely watching it. But it, it felt like 
a game that you've seen a thousand times before when a when a, a team on their uppers, the underdogs don't get enough. They scrap hard with the ball and then class tells and you shake hands with with a five wicket win in the end with six overs to spare. That's what it looked like. That's how it felt. To be honest, that's how it would have gone if it wasn't for, for Root having having tickled one down the leg side, which then precipitated this old school, atavistic England collapse uh, where measured thought was trumped by by brainlessness. Okay, let's wrap up this Did, bit. We, okay, uh, go, go, sorry, we saw some of that brainlessness during the Pakistan loss as well. And against where, Australia. And against Australia. Three and seven now. Yeah. Three and seven, yeah. they're ballsed up run chases, chasing under, Is that chasing a, do, So does England have a chasing problem? Well, Lawrence Booth on our preview show before the match had even been played said he backs England in a funny way to chase 320 more than 220. And that's, this today was, today was the perfect example. And you can see exactly, exactly what it means. There's also the issue of the pitch today, which was, I mean, a, a perfectly reasonable pitch, but it just stuck a little bit in the surface. Yeah. It wasn't what England like. Um, it's the sort of pitch they've come undone in the past. Uh, and, and yeah, they tell us that they'd sorted out the issues of, of that Pakistan defeat in the Champions Trophy semi-final. Well, there wasn't much of a sign of that of that today no and um, Manoj what's your impression of this England side just just briefly well I didn't know an injury to one player would have such ramifications honestly I thought you know England I came into the tournament thinking oh England are going to cruise this they have a huge batting lineup you know they bat till number 9-10 and we, it's, it's a bit surprising that an injury to Roy has you know more or less caused such a big sort of tent and how they play yeah it's not helping that Besto as well is is not looking himself two first ballers now two first ballers in six games yeah yeah he's got runs against Afghanistan I mean he doesn't look in bad touch does he but that's that that's a an alarming trait sure but it is surprising yeah. and he, he looked ill at ease today Nasser yeah. actually brought it up on the mm. commentary that he'd already changed his gloves before he'd faced a ball today and, right. mm. and then was rushing back to his stance and then missed a straight one. Or yeah, well, he's a, he's, a, he's a very emotional one. cricketer, isn't he? And which, which works in his favour when things are going right and when they're not, it can be a bit of a problem. Um, all right, one mm. word before we move on to the next bit. Manoj, are England going to make the semi-finals? Yes. Phil? Yeah. <laughs> all right, me, yes. All right, so what are we worrying about? That's absolutely fine, sorted. Um, let's now move, as we've got manager with us and India playing Afghanistan tomorrow, let's turn our attentions to how India are going. Um, well, if India lose tomorrow, that would be one of the all-time great <laughs> World that Cup upsets. That would put this into perspective, I think. <laughs> that's, that's probably not going to happen, that's though, right? That's not going to happen. And yeah, you know, Roy's injured and same way Dhawan's injured, but even then that's not going to happen, I think. Although Dhawan's injury is, um, is a big blow, as in... You could, you know, there is the stat doing the rounds that Davin was India's top scorer, I think, in their last five multi-tournament, uh, multi-team tournaments. Right. And, you know, when there's that body of runs, you know, some you're just missing that body of runs, it's, it's huge. That said, it is Afghanistan. Now they have an opportunity to experiment. Do they play Rishabh Pant up the order? You, you know, they, they will? I would like to see them try that. Everyone would like to see yeah, that. It yeah. seems a bit unlikely, though. It seems unlikely, yeah, because especially after training. Rahul did well as an opener against Pakistan, there were issues that he had in communication with Rohit Sharma in, in between the wickets, running between the wickets. Yeah. But I, it, that's just that'll get sorted soon, I think. But it is Afghanistan. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed, they do throw Pant in there. He opens and Rahul goes back down to number four. That might mean Vijay Shankar misses out, but... 
Bien so what of Vijay Shankar? Because it, it surprised me that he's 28. So he's been around for a yeah. little while. Yeah. He's obviously done the rounds in Indian domestic cricket. Yeah. And he's got this quite interesting role where he's he's potentially batting at four. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. depending on how the start goes. Yeah. And bowling some some seamers. Yeah. That's not that's not a role that India have been used to having a cricketer of, of that type. Mm, I can't think of someone like that at all. In, in the, no, I mean, yeah, that, no. no. So uh, the thing with Shankar is um, even before the tournament... Rahul coming up and playing number four was a surprise because after this team was announced, uh, Shankar was very clearly specified as, you know, the prior, the first choice for number four. Right. Yeah, but then Rahul came, he had a couple of good outings in that during the warm-ups and he's nailed his place. So Shankar does offer something with the ball. I think in the last match, what you saw him getting... um, was well, it? He got Imam Ohak, didn't he, with his first yes, ball? Yes, yes. So I think before that, Bhumneshwar was bowling at around 140s, according to the speed gun. And suddenly Shankar came with his 128, 129. And that's <laughs> what led to the wicket, I think. But he does, he did take a few wickets in India's last ODI series against Australia too, I think. So there are wickets in him. I think it's more a case of people sort of underestimating yeah, him. Yeah, that's what it looked like in the he, Pakistan. Yeah, world. yeah. So, so Booby had been bowling is, really well and then went off. Exactly. So you relax a little bit, think and I can score some exactly. runs, and then you miss a straight one. And he then, seems quite a canny pick for, for English conditions, but he, he just doesn't strike me as an Indian number four in uh, in a kind of glittering one-day side. He isn't. I, yeah. I don't... As in, I think Rahul offers more at number four in that he is... Trust me, Shankar has done well at number four in that he he is more a batsman than a bowler. He has... He looks good while batting. He does get some big runs. Yeah, so Rahul would be my preferred choice at four. But yeah, with Pant, with, so Pant opening and, and Rahul that would be how I would go. Four. Yeah, it's certainly from. I think that most uh, most independent parties would like to see that. That's certainly a, a, a kind of a tantalizing yeah. batting lineup to watch. Yeah, yeah. You guys really like Pant, though. From whatever I could figure, you know, England seems to love Rishabh well, we Pant, especially after ball the- in Test cricket for six. You don't, <laughs> you don't see that very often. <laughs> he made a hundred here at the Oval on the last yeah. day with Raúl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know, I, I happened to see live, and it was magical. I thought mm-hmm. he made runs, of course, in Australia. This is in the Test game, uh, and he's torn it up in the IPL. There's a lot to love about yeah. about this cricketer, and he carries the flair. That you've come to accustom to, you've grown accustomed to when it when it comes to Indian cricketers. That's not immediately evident in one or, one or two of the players that are in the in this squad at the moment. Um, I just wanted to ask about Kumar. What's the situation there? Is he is he fit and, and okay when he came off against India? Or is there any, um, any fallout from that? I think he's out for a while. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's but, significant because he yeah he was back bowling sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, having had a, a pretty iffy run of it when yeah. he was in England last time yeah, out, but, yeah. but he looked, looked right back on it. Yeah. That's quite significant, really, because him and Bumrah complement each other really well with the new yeah. ball. Yeah, India still, it still feels like India are kind of just getting into this tournament. Really, they obviously didn't start for for quite a while, and, and still they've just played four matches and which, looked you know, fairly yeah. faultless in in those in games as well. Yeah. Anyway, there'll be plenty more Indian chat over the course of the next couple of weeks. Thank you very much for joining us, Manoj, for your first appearance. We would love to have you back later in the tournament as as India, no doubt. <laughs> march on uh, Phil Lovely. thank you very much as ever pleasure Joe um, I'll be back tomorrow for a double header I'll be speaking to Indian writer Chetan Narula after India's match against Afghanistan at Southampton and we'll also be hearing from Kiwi reporter Andrew Alderson uh, he'll be reacting to New Zealand's clash with the Windies at Old Trafford which takes on even more interest now after that result today 
Uh, this has been the Wisden Cricket Daily Podcast in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. On the day the World Cup got serious. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. And we're now on Spotify, so if that's your preferred listening platform. Do check us out there. Podcast Network.